This is Baseball Episode 4. Let's get into it. This week marks the 10-year anniversary of the Boston Marathon bombing. The Boston Marathon is a time of celebration. It's an event that symbolizes drive and determination, perseverance, and accomplishment. In 2013, any reason to celebrate was quickly taken away due to the terrorist attacks that took the lives of three people and injured hundreds. Boston Strong became the rally cry for the city. It became a phrase that symbolized hope, recovery, resilience, and unity. Boston Strong was a t-shirt campaign created by some students at Emerson College. It was a phrase that many people in America got behind, including the Boston Red Sox. The 2013 Boston Red Sox mark a time where sports can bring people together when tragedy strikes. The Red Sox in the city of Boston rode the wave of Boston Strong all the way to the World Series, where Boston would beat the St. Louis Cardinals in six games. Jacob deGrom left his start early after four no-hit innings against the Kansas City Royals. And I have to be honest with you, that's probably the best thing that happened to the Kansas City Royals that night because they were only able to muster up one hit against the Rangers. And I would have to believe that Jacob deGrom was going to go ahead and go finish the no-hitter against them because the Kansas City Royals are abysmal. And I have no reason to think that they were going to do anything on, on offense that night. But I don't want to spend too much time on the Royals. I want to talk about Jacob deGrom. And he is starting to validate a lot of people's concerns with the deal that he signed with the Texas Rangers this offseason. Jacob deGrom signed a five-year deal with the Texas Rangers worth $185 million. Jacob deGrom is 34 years old. He has a pretty lengthy injury history. He is he's known to be on the IL. The deal that he signed was a head scratcher for the Rangers, I thought. If you can get a healthy Jacob deGrom, then this deal is 100% worth it because I think he is obviously the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy in dealing. But the problem with him is you're waiting for him to get hurt. He's been wearing a Texas Rangers uniform for about two months now, and he's already had two injuries or being removed from a game this week for precautionary reasons. Now he's scheduled to make his next start this coming Sunday, but it's not a great start for Jacob deGrom with the Rangers because he's only getting older and and he hasn't really given anybody any reason to believe that his body is going to get better with age. I think that this contract is going to end up being a concern for the Texas Rangers sooner rather than later. I so badly want it to work out for DeGrom 
and the Rangers because he is such an electrifying pitcher. And I honestly might be overreacting to this exit that he had the other night because he's again he's slated to make his next start so maybe he'll be fine and we can put all this behind us but his history would tell you that we can't another very expensive rangers star found himself on the il after a grade two hamstring strain this week rangers gm chris young said that Corey seager is going to be out at least a month dealing with his hamstring injury Corey Seager, another player that the Rangers signed that has such a long injury history, you get a little bit concerned if Corey Seager can be durable throughout the length of his contract. Listen, I really like what the Rangers front office is doing, and I like the players that they've brought in, but... We have to see these guys healthy before I can truly believe in the Texas Rangers being a contender in the AL West. The Rangers are off to a really good start and they have a great opportunity to rattle off a lot of wins. They're in Kansas City right now. They are playing Oakland this weekend, who is clearly not interested in winning baseball games this year. And then they play Cincinnati. So they have an opportunity to really build on the division lead that they already have. The Astros have gotten off to an uninspiring start. So Texas really needs to ride this momentum and go on a a run here while they have this schedule. It's still incredibly early and I am very confident that Houston is going to start rattling off some wins here soon. So again, I just think it's really important for the Texas Rangers to take advantage of the next three opponents that they have and really build up a lead in the division and make Houston chase you instead of you chasing Houston all season. You have a chance to get people to believe that you can run that division before April's over. I know I said Texas is currently playing Kansas City, and I feel like I have an obligation to talk about the Royals. Uh, So I'm just going to get it out of the way. They are abysmal. They are terrible. They're uninspiring. And they're doing the opposite of what I told them to do a couple weeks ago. Clearly, they do not listen to my show. I said, don't be irrelevant by the end of April because people are going to move on and stop caring about you. Guess what is happening in Kansas City at the end of April? The NFL draft will be in town. So all eyes will be on football and nobody's going to care about the Royals because they're terrible. Now, the odds of them getting much attention that weekend were slow, were low, rather, even if they were off to a good start, because Kansas City is hosting really a once-in-a-lifetime event, and people in the city are going to want to be a part of that. And the fact that you are nine games under five hundred, less than 20 games into the season, makes it an easy choice. 
do I want to pay attention to the Royals or do I want to see the NFL draft that is in my city? I know what choice I'd be making and I absolutely love baseball. Major League Baseball adjusted their alcohol sales policy to where they used to end sales in the seventh inning. They've now extended that into the eighth inning. The reason that they stopped alcohol sales in the seventh inning was for fan safety. But with the new rules that are in place, games are shorter. So logically, you would think we should probably stop selling alcohol in the sixth inning. But no. We're extending it to the eighth inning because teams are losing money. So it was never about fan safety. It was all about the dollar. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. But don't say you've been doing this for fan safety and then turn around and extend it because you're losing money. It's amazing how your mindset can shift when there's money at stake. If there's one takeaway, at least it means that I'll have more of an opportunity to go and buy my helmet nachos because concessions will be open longer. Bryce Harper is in the news this week. Bryce Harper is one of my favorite players to watch. And he gave everybody another reason to like him. Listen, he obviously got a payday from Philadelphia a few years ago. And he could have said, you know what? I'm good. I don't really care. I'm just going to play this contract out and play baseball and, and get my paychecks. Bryce Harper injured his elbow last offseason and ended up getting... Tommy John surgery, and he was slated for a second half comeback. Now, we all know Bryce Harper is an outfielder. There's a chance that he is going to be coming back as the Phillies' first baseman. Obviously, Reese Hoskins got injured earlier this season, and there's been a vacancy at first base. They're rehabbing Bryce Harper and working with him. And there's a real shot that he could come back and be the Phillies' first baseman. Now, obviously, position changes aren't just as simple as putting on a different glove and going and playing. But if anybody can do that, it's going to be Bryce Harper. It's sounding like he could possibly be back in May or June. I kind of went back and forth on if I liked the idea of him coming back early because I didn't you don't want to rush an injury, but it sounds like they're taking all the right steps and doing it the right way. So as long as that's happening and he feels good about coming back, I'm all for it. And the Phillies will obviously be be better for having him back in the lineup. We have more potential rule changes on the way. The Atlantic League, which is an independent baseball league that has a partnership with Major League Baseball, is going to be testing out a handful of rules this season. The first rule is the designated pinch runner. The designated pinch runner is going to be a player that will be chosen that isn't in the starting lineup that at any point in the game can pinch run for any player. And the player that was taken out can then return to the game the next inning without penalty. I got to be honest with you. 
I don't know if I like this rule because there's, I feel like what they're doing at this point is removing rules that involve strategy and a lot of thought. If you make a designated pinch runner, then debating back and forth of whether or not you should take out your slow catcher or your slow first baseman, it's it's an easy decision now. Where before, you, your thought was, should I roll the dice and keep him in if we need him later, if we need his bat later? Or should I remove him now, lose his bat, but gain speed on the base paths right now? I always loved that tough decision late in games. Adding the the pinch runner or the designated pinch runner takes away all of all of the drama, honestly, in removing a player. Because it's just like, hey, slow player got on base. Send in designated runner. It's an instant decision because there's no consequences to doing this now it it's a perfect position for a player like Terrence Gore who can't really hit or field but is incredibly fast so I think players that have ridiculous speed but can't really do anything else are going to get second are going to get longer careers if this rule gets implemented in Major League Baseball. After looking at it, I, I just don't know how I feel about it. I know it will generate more runs in the long run, but I think that it just kind of takes a tough decision out of the manager's hands, and I don't necessarily know if that's something that we want either. They're also going to test a new single disengagement rule where the pitcher can only step off the rubber once during an at-bat. Right now, Major League Baseball has it to where you can step off twice to make a pickoff move. You can technically do it three times, but if you fail the third time, then you are issued a balk for failure to complete the pickoff successfully. This one kind of seems unnecessary because I think the rule that they have in place now negates or took care of the the strategy of pitchers stalling and wasting time just throwing over to first base with no intention of ever getting a player out. So I don't know if we need to make it even more extreme. So this one seems like an unnecessary change and making an adjustment just for the sake of it. So not a fan of this one. The third one is the double hook rule, which I think the Atlantic League has already used before. But basically what it is, is you are allowed to continue to use your designated hitter in the game as long as your starting pitcher pitches for five innings. If he doesn't pitch five innings, then your team loses their designated hitter for the remainder of the game. And the pitcher would then take the place in the lineup of the designated hitter. 
again, a rule that seems kind of unnecessary considering you just implemented the universal DH in your league. Now you're talking about creating a rule that would walk that back, kind of. We already have acknowledged that nobody likes watching a pitcher hit because they can't. So making it possible for a pitcher possibly having to hit in a game because they didn't go, your starter didn't go five innings makes no sense. Now, obviously, if this situation occurs, I would assume that there's not actually going to be a pitcher hitting and there's just going to be a lot of pinch hitters used, but I just don't get this one. I don't know if it's an incentive to push your pitchers to go deeper into games or what it is, but I don't like it considering we're again have moved away from pitchers hitting altogether and trying to create more offense. If you're having to have a lot of pitch pinch hitters being used, that's typically a bench guy that probably isn't going to get a lot of hits anyway. So you kind of lose some of that offense. I don't think I'm a fan of any of these rules. They all seem incredibly weird and unnecessary. And I just don't like them. I've been a fan of the rules that have been implemented into this 2023 season but these experiments seem like major league baseball is just going to get carried away so i hope that this is just an experiment and that they don't move forward with it so i don't really like these and i'm usually pretty receptive to change with with this type of thing as long as it makes the game better and i'm not necessarily sure that these do Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on all socials at this is baseball underscore. I'm Brandon and this is baseball.